Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. I was thinking, this is a special podcast. It because is. Because, obviously, uh, the college football playoff, that's the first time it's happened for a championship since we've been recording the podcast. And it's the only time we've had one game to cover. That's yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. It's the only time we've had a single game. Yeah, because, yeah. So right? we might actually keep this under an hour. Well, no, hold on. That's not true, is no? it? No? No, I guess it would be because I'm thinking, I'm thinking of last year. Together last and... year, yeah, we put the Bulls together with the, the semi game. Yeah, yeah, the semi game. Was, I guess you're right. This yeah. is the only time we've only done one game. So if you, the listener, didn't feel special, you should now. You feel special. You want to know the second time we're only going to one game? What's that? Opening week next year, Illinois, oh, Nebraska. Illinois stand That'll be that's a week before all in of them. Ireland. Yeah, so it's week zero. We have never done one, and then we'll do essentially back two to in back. A row. Pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So, any couple, any news to talk about? I let's just get into the <laughs> college football playoff <laughs> stuff, um, or college football stuff, I should say. So uh, we got some housekeeping, and it'll kind of like build itself into things that a are crescendo yes, there you go okay housekeeping no thank you sleeping housekeeping okay so first thing wisconsin quarterback jack Cohn, we knew he was in the transfer portal is ending up in south bend at notre dame i was pretty surprised i was surprised too so what was your first thought he like the first thing i saw was I, I can't remember what college football Twitter account announced it, but it announced the uh, him going there along with the other three quarterbacks that are on the depth chart at Notre Dame. Okay. And I thought to myself, I mean, I hope he can crack the two deep, let alone be the starter. Well, wh- wh- what did you read about those the other three? What did, he, what did Un- the person unpro- say? Unproven. I mean, okay. they're talented. Because but... that was my first thought. So I thought I'd dive into the, the, the depth nice. chart a little bit. Okay. Now, I only found two scholarship quarterbacks, okay. which surprised me. I'm okay. like, okay, well, that's one reason you may want to go there. All right, so here's the, the two that I found. Freshman Drew Pine is only 5'11". But he was a mid four star, not a super high one. He's from New Canaan, not Texas, Connecticut. New Canaan. Well, you've probably never seen Varsity Blues. It was in New Canaan, Texas. That okay? It's been. A, I've seen it. It's been a while. New Canaan, Connecticut. Uh, so I, I don't want your life. I don't want your life. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so he had offers from Bama, Auburn, Baylor. So okay, probably pretty good. The other one, sophomore Brendan Clark. But remind, he's a freshman though. The, yeah, the first one, yep. sophomore Brendan Clark was a high three star from Manchester, oh, okay. Virginia. His only other real big offer was Clemson, but obviously a, a pretty good one. So I don't know. Maybe there is reason to go to Notre Dame. I'm not trying to besmirch Cone too much here. I think he is a solid quarterback, but I think probably I just gave away my general thought process is he's a solid quarterback. But maybe that's – is that what is that what Ian Book is too? Yeah, kind of. But Book's much more athletic. I feel Cone. like he's more athletic. So – I mean, I'm not sure it's the best fit in Kelly's system, but it sounds like they kind of need some bodies. And I don't know who's who's incoming as true freshmen. I didn't. I got to be something. Dive that deep. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Okay. That is interesting. Good moving dig. on. What's that? Good dig. Okay. Thanks. Bru- moving on. Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports, announces Wisconsin defensive line coach Inoke Brechterfield. How about that name? Is leaving 
to go to Vandy and coach with the new coach, Clark Lee. Yeah. So let's see. Paul Christ is going to have to hire a new member of his staff for the second straight year. Oh, man. The trials and tribulations of being a Wisconsin head coach. Two years in a row, he has to hire yeah. a person. Can Obviously, that's that? a, a facetious comment on the fact that they've hardly ever had any staff turnover in their time. Right. So, I mean, it is interesting that I, I believe there is some ties. I, mm, I wish, Yeah. So he worked yeah. with Lee in 2011 at UCLA, but only that one that's year. It. That, that I thought it would be more than that. Me too. Um, as example, um, uh, he hired uh, Barton Simmons. Yeah, former podcaster Clark uh, Lee did. Yep. Yeah, they played high school football together. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I figured that out. This okay, week. so that's why they know each other. I just find that very interesting. I mean, I've listened to Barton Simmons' uh, podcast for years and years. Yeah. He's a huge recruiting guy. Yeah. Oh, here's the he he's the guru. He's the head of the, recruiting twenty four seven. Yeah, that's, right. that's that's a big role. Oh yeah, I mean he's like one of the top two recruiting names, really. So I gotta think him and the Godfather, the Godfather. So yeah. I gotta think he has a ton of ties to high school coaches and just knows Absolutely. the recruiting scene. So I think it's kind of a savvy hire by Lee, and then you trust the guy because you've known him since high school. Sure. I, I just I find that hire intriguing and. If if you had to guess, will Barton take a step up, down, or about the same in pay for this? Oh, job? he's going to go up. That's I think. what I think too. Um, I think it's it, savvy is a good word for it. I guess I I had never thought about it, but I guess I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. For for real, like that. That's the first time that a they a guy from the recruiting world, right? One of the services got hired. To my knowledge, I've never heard of it. And then back else. to the D line coach. Wisconsin's football program is leaps and bounds over Vanderbilt. When I first heard about the hire, I just assumed he was getting hired to be their defensive coordinator. That's what I figured. So pretty shocked that he's taking the same role. Um, yeah, I again worked with Lee for one year, so maybe they just really hit it off and he really respects him. I don't know. Little little SEC Cheddar pay increase. I mean, well. Yeah. Live in a little bit warmer environment. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I should have like... looked up where he's from. He's from, uh, I believe, Hawaii. Oh, that's where he grew up. Okay, Maybe West it's Coast. the climate. It, it literally could be What's... better climate. Here's $50,000 a year more. Come on down. I don't know. Well, I mean, Vandy is notorious for not putting money towards their football program. Right. I don't but... know. I feel like there's more to the story. Curious. Anyway, moving right along. John U. Bacon, at John U. Bacon, he of all things Michigan fame, talking about khaki pants here. He's unclear how much interest the NFL teams have in khaki right now, but he'd say 80% chance that khaki will return to Michigan, 20% going to the NFL. Now, khaki pants was flying back to Michigan, uh, I guess it was, was on Monday. So if it starts stretching out, he says, I'd start shifting towards the NFL. So it sounds like... Khaki is really slow playing Michigan on this whole uh, renewal or, you know, yeah. re-up and waiting for something to happen in the NFL. I mean, we so we have our own, you know, we got our own back channel info on khaki pants. We have heard that he's been kicking his tire, the tires on NFL. Um, but we've also kind of heard that Michigan's been kicking the tires on other coaches and there's something they're, kept whiffing on the tire. I mean, I know we probably use this expression a lot, but there is an amazing 30 for 30 in here. So, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. This it sounds like a bet here. Yeah. You think, you, to, <laughs> you think khaki's coming back or not? 
I think khaki's coming. I back. say I do too. I can't right. bet against it. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take NFL just for just for shits and giggles. All right. Okay. Okay. Bottle but, of bourbon. Well, oh, if you want to do a bottle that's of bourbon, I mean, it, bottle I'm bourbon. not putting nothing on it this time. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Because that's when you lose. Okay. So the Jags is open. The Jets is open. Atlanta. Yeah. Do, who else? Can you think of anybody think else? The Chargers are open. So oh, that's Chargers the, yeah, that's the one I've heard. So he goes. Oh, back that would it. that would make sense. Mm, that's what I've heard the most. You might to, win this bet, damn it. <laughs> you can go back to California. IA. Well, that's going to be interesting. Okay, yep. writing that down here, taking note, bourbon on khaki. You've got you've got the NFL. Yep. And I've got Michigan. Okay. So that's BK on Michigan, and we got a JG on the NFL. There we go. All right, moving right along here. Oh, this is interesting. Nick Saban's daughter. Apparently, it's on Twitter. She tweeted. <laughs> she wasn't for long. No. And then deleted. So this is Kristen Sabin, at Kristen Sabin S. If you're not confident to play, then say it. I call BS on the COVID cases. They're just worried about their QB, and they want him to have more time to heal. If he's hurt, put in your backup. You didn't see us postpone the rest of the season to wait for Waddle. Bye. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine she came up with that on her own. Like she heard somebody maybe saying something. That, like, that's your take. That was not my take. My really? take, yeah, my take is when you are the first family of college football, because that's what the Sabins are, of right? Of course. You know, the entire family from top to bottom. If if a if a dude marries into the family, he has to be a football guy. You know, it. There, there's no just eh, he's a golfer and he doesn't care about football. You have to be all in in that family. Definitely, I think she is a she like bleeds football, bleeds Alabama football. Currently, she came up with that on her own. Really, okay. spewed it out, and then Daddy's like, "Get that bleep off of well, that definitely the happened. interwebs immediately." Then she apologized to it and like tied into, "I didn't mean to." you know, belittle the coronavirus. Like, yeah, that's what you came up with afterwards. I think you just, you got, you got yelled at by daddy. Oh, there's definitely that. But I feel like at the dinner table, the the person at the head of the table was talking and she was taking note. Oh, really? What? Could be. And then I think daddy's a little too busy to have basically transcripted that and put it onto the Twitter sphere. Okay. All right. That's one way. Moving right along. By the way, another thing I think played into it. The Ohio State faithful jumped on her. Like, I don't think she's ever had oh, yeah. that many people. No. Like, it was Pitchfork Nation <laughs> right on top of her really quick. Moving right along. 24-7 Sports, Robbie Weinstein uh, wrote an article about Ohio State huddling more to prevent Clemson from stealing signs. Well, you know, this is a thing. We know about it. It's not illegal. You can do that. Uh, so, Justin Fields, in the in the article, he was interviewed. Yeah, we didn't want them to steal our signals. That's pretty much why we huddled up a little bit more than we usually do. Man, do you think that played a big part? I'll tell you this much. So I rewatched the game just last night. Um, pretty much what I remembered, except I, as in Ohio State looked great in that game. They looked awesome. I actually watched Ohio State-Clemson this year, and then I watched Ohio State versus uh, Oregon which was the national championship from five years oh. ago uh, or six years ago, I should say. Uh, um, and I got to tell you, 
Ohio State did not play well in that Oregon game. They were so much better than Oregon. They tried to give that game away yes. a couple times in the second half. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Anyways, in the Clemson game, Ohio State played awesome. That is what I remembered from watching it on you know over the weekend. Clemson was lost even more than I remembered watching the game. Okay. They didn't know what the bleep they were doing on defense. So to me, that lends to the fact that they were clueless. They didn't know their typical, you know, stealing signs, whatever. I, I think there's some there's some validity to what it. What if they got like this team of decoders that are just watching the other sideline and is it illegal? No, it's not illegal. Then you can do it. Yeah. But I, I mean, I wonder how much that really plays into their success. I, I, here's the way I look at it. You know, back in the day, it used to just be, I don't, I, I, the way we did in high school was the wide receivers were the oh, ones sure. running in and out. And they told the, you know, the play to the quarterback. Right. My guess is that's exactly how it was back in the day. And, you know, I mean, I'm, it's a lot of how we did it at Iowa way back when, when I played was, you know, somebody ran the play in. If there was something back then, that clued you in fair game, the cards that they put up. If somebody decodes that the clapping, the, all the different stuff, if you are putting it out there, it is legal to be stolen and used. In fact, I would go so far as to say, if you're an opposing staff and you don't spend time trying to decode stuff to get an advantage, you're not doing your job. Yeah. I I can probably name you one staff that never tried that. (laughs) That are that is no longer employed. <laughs> that is no longer employed. Speaking of, I thought you'd have a couple Illinois housekeeping. I mean, well, I mean, they just a it, d- defensive coordinator hired. Right? Yeah. Well, I I Missouri's defensive coordinator. I yeah, but I have not seen Ryan Walters is his yep. name. I have not seen an official announcement from the football program. But it sounds like I mean everybody's reporting. It sounds yeah. like it's a done deal. So the he was the Missouri defensive coordinator this past year, and I think the past three years I haven't done a big deep dive. Um, Terrible defense at Mizzou this year, but I think defense, everyone agreed preseason in the SEC that it was optional and they opted out. Um, but the previous two years did really well as a coordinator, and he's got those ties to St. Louis for recruiting. He's only 34 years old, so I, I, I think the hire's Seems decent. Like a good hire. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, all right, that's all I got. Anything? No, that's it for housekeeping. Yep. Okay, moving on. Yes, sir. Talk about a certain football game. It's the... This is on Monday, January 11th, the college football playoff championship. The number three ranked 7-0 Ohio State Buckeyes playing the number one ranked 11-0 Alabama Crimson Tide. This is a 7 o'clock p.m. game on ESPN, of course. Lime tied by seven and a hook over under an astronomical 75.5, currently 69%. Of the money is on Bama. Now, disclaimer. How much? 60 what? 69%. 69. That surprises you. Did not. I mean, I. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. I would have guessed more on Ohio State. On Ohio State. State. Um, You got to think more not such deep college football people. They're just going to say Bama, Bama. Yeah. That's it. That's all the thought. That's all the thinking they're going to put into this. So, okay. You got. You got the the pros, you got the Joes, and then amongst the Joes, there's, you know, the Joes of the Joes. Okay. But what percentage of those do you think are betting on this game? I guess probably more than a typical more game. More than, more than yeah. usual. I don't really know where the pros would be. 
I just know a large majority of the Joes are just gonna say just say Bama, Bama. sure, because it's just that's all the further they're gonna put into it, which you know, not saying I agree with. Um, now we are going under the assumption that the college football playoff championship is going to be played on Monday the 11th. There have been rumors. There has been chata chata. Um, pushing it back a week, I thought I saw it. That's what to I saw. Monday the 18th. Yeah. Um, first thing I want to say is I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, that I, wouldn't... Who cares? So we have to I wait. I can wait one more week. I can wait a week. Like, like if builds, I knew... Builds the anticipation, like the Super Bowl. I was literally just going to say the same thing. Essentially, we always wait two weeks for the Super Bowl. Why let's have media different? day. Let's have a media... Let's do... And then this would go for all sides. Now, there could be players that are healthy by the 18th that aren't by the 11th. By the way, each team could have a huge one. Sure. Justin Fields for Ohio State. Yeah. Eric Waddle for, J- for Jalen Waddle. J- excuse me, J- Jalen Waddle for Alabama. Right, because there's chatter that he may play on Monday. He was running routes before the game last last weekend. So but it also could just be a decoy. Could be a decoy. I think almost for sure it's a decoy. You think for sure? Yes, yes. He's not going to be. Here. I he he. I'm going to make a call. <laughs> he, he will not play in the championship game. On okay. Monday. Here's my thought: If he does play, if he's healthy enough to play, I mean, he could help them. It could. He they could have no. Rhythm, he could have no rhythm with the quarterback. It could be detrimental in some ways where, I don't know, he's trying to feed the ball to Waddle instead of an open Devontae Smith. Correct. I don't know. So I don't, even if he plays, I'm just kind of considering it a wash. I'm not even letting it. I think if he ca- did play, so like 90% chance that he doesn't play in my mind, for that other 10% chance, if he does play, it's literally like decoy or like a couple bubble screens or something like that. That's that's all. It I just I guess what I'm saying. It's not factoring into my thought thoughts on the game at all. Absolutely not. With yeah. Me. OK. Um, now, one of the rumors that we had back to the, you know, if the game's going to be played on that date or not, uh, you know, you got the the, um, the Kristen. Saban? Kristen, uh, Kristen Saban. Kristen Saban. She put that out at there. Kristen Saban S. But then, but then it came out that both Ohio State and Alabama very much want to play it on the 11th. But then we heard a rumor that then the Big Ten conference was the ones wanting to postpone it. Would that surprise you? No. Except for then I read through a couple different tweets saying the, the Big Ten has no authority. They here. have no authority over right. this game. That's- so this is like. So as once it gets into the guy, I might be uh, showing my stupidity right on this podcast here, but once you get into the college football playoff, those four teams, is it kind of like the NCAA tournament where now it's, I think so. It's a, it's a just different jurisdiction. It's like being chased by the cops. You leave the County. They can't follow you. Crazy. I mean, it makes but, I sense. Love, but I love that. I love it too. I, I mean, if that happened, if Kevin Warren called the, who are the dean of the college football playoff? I don't know who the hell that would be. Right. And said, "Ah, oh, sorry, you can't play this game." And that guy just gave him a big middle finger. Oh, I would love to have been there for that. You could put that like if it was a thirty-second phone clip, you could like put that into a recording and sell it to the general Big Ten public for like a hundred bucks just to listen to that thirty seconds. I mean, hopefully it'd be a Zoom call, so you get the the actual video too. With the finger right in his face. Oh, God. Right here. Let's go under the assumption that it is played on the 11th. I just hope, no matter when it's played, I want to see a healthy roster for both teams. So why would we want to see a healthy roster for both teams? Dude, check out some of these stats. Like, here's the thing. I This kind of blew my mind when I dug into this. So all we've been hearing about is just the the 
unbelievable amount of PR that ESPN does and ABC to a certain degree for, for Alabama. Yeah. Okay. And they deserve it too, but okay. Total offense, Alabama six yep. at 535 yards a game scoring offense, Alabama, Alabama fit, uh, second at 48.2 points per game. Ohio state's not too bad themselves. I know they're fourth in total offense yep. at 545 yards per game. So that's, 10 yards better than Alabama and scoring offense. They're fifth at 43 points. Like these are both pretty good. Offenses, okay. I guess what I'm going to say. You, you want to dig a little deeper. Okay. Okay. Yards per game rushing offense. Oof. Ohio state is fifth. Yeah. Okay. 273 yards per game. And Bama's 46. Right. Now flip, go over to pass yards per game offense. Ohio state's 31. Bama's five. Correct. So they've each got a five in there, and then they've each got like more yeah, mediocre. Down, down. So very interesting. I, so it's in rushing offense. I mean, Ohio State six point yard, six point zero yards a rush. I mean, Alabama's good. It sells at five, but six. It's that's incredible. Off the charts, man. Total defense, pretty similar. Here. I know. Ohio State forty first at three hundred seventy yards per game. Alabama thirty second at three hundred fifty three yards per game. Now. The one thing I would say is this. Obviously, there was more potent offenses this year in the SEC. Yes. But also, the one game, really, that Ohio State gave up crazy amount of yards and points was versus Indiana, which is a different Indiana team and offense that we obviously saw the last couple of weeks of the year. The other side of it is because they have such a small sample size, that one bad game counts against Ohio State more than it it's typically true. would. That's because true. Because it's going to jack the stats up Okay, a now bit. let's let's break defense down into rush and pass. So rushing defense, Ohio State 7, Bama 12, both pretty good, but Ohio State better. Pass yards per game, Ohio State terrible at 104, but Bama's at 76. That's right. It's not there. This is an this incredibly. Is this is more Spider-Man meme-ish than I think people realize. So, you know, before, I mean, that's before I would did my, the dive that we just did right there. I was like, well, Bama's going to be, have, you know, the slight edge. Me too. And I looked at them like, there's almost no edge here. There is anywhere. almost no edge. As bad as Ohio State's pass defense was made out to be. And I, I think I've contended on previous podcasts. I didn't think it was that bad. Okay. Really, it was the second half of the Indiana game when I think they kind of let their foot off their gas. Okay. The next bad pass outing was Clemson when they had no other options on offense. Oh, and by the way, it was Trevor Lawrence (laughs) throwing the pigskin. Right. Like, I'm just just saying, like, take one of those two out. Okay. The second half of Indiana or one quarter of the Clemson game, they look about like Alabama's pass defense. Okay. So I went to take a look at the SP plus rankings. Number one team in the country, SP plus, is Bama. You know where Ohio State is? Third. Two. Number two in the country. <laughs> maybe maybe we have the two best teams playing in the championship. Could, could you think so? Yeah. How about yeah. that? God, that, isn't that incredible? Okay. I, I was Again. really surprised at how absolutely close this matchup looks on paper. Yes. Um, again, I, 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 we kind of are rehashing stuff, but I know you're not the biggest college football playoff guy. Neither am I. This, this is going to be fun. Game. Oh, it's going to be an awesome game. I, I, I mean, I literally cannot wait to watch this. I think game. it's going to be like a heavyweight fight. 12 rounds, just two guys beating the crap out of each other the whole time. Okay. So we'll start, uh, we'll start with Alabama on offense, Ohio state on defense. Um, basically 
all of a, of Alabama's offense could have gotten invited to New York to yeah. do the other athletic club that we hear about. Weird. I barely even caught any of it. I mean, I just, I just find the Heisman boring. Oh, it's days. so terrible. It's just, I love, I still love the Heisman trophy. Yeah, I did too. As a college football fan, as a thing. I just can't watch that program. It's just not worth so it anymore. I was going through the channels, noticed it was on. I'm like, oh, I'll stop here. And I saw Kyle Trask. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. And I, I watched Kyle Trask for five seconds, and I that's all I watched the entire program. Mine was like in the middle of Mac Jones, and I'm like, I'm going to come back when they're closer to, you know, giving it to him. Completely forgot. So by the time I quit, they had already. And Devonta Smith. 100% deserves deserved the, the it. Heisman. That's who I wanted to win it. Glad he's, he won it. He's absolutely incredible. His nickname is the Slim Reaper, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> that is excellent. Because he is so skinny, but so fast, so athletic. So, you know, starting there. Okay. I am going to be very curious to see what the game plan is, because I do think there is a little bit of thought process where you kind of treat this how you treated the Clemson offense. Okay. Certainly there is nobody on Clemson's receiving core that even scratches the surface of no. Devonta Smith. So that dude alone does make that big of a difference in this game. But what I'm getting at is they have a pretty good offense uh, uh, too. And Najee Harris with the running back can, can Ohio state's D line and front seven, can they do what not to Najee Harris, what they did to Travis Etienne? I mean, I love Najee Harris. I think he's fantastic. Is he better than ETN? They're probably pretty similar, don't you think? Maybe maybe no. a slight edge to Najee Harris. As far as a running back? Yeah. Okay, straight running back between the tackle, n- nudge to Najee Harris. Complete package running back, ETN evens things up a little bit. Did ETN hurt Ohio State running the ball? No, not Did at all. Did he kind of tag him a little bit? catching the ball uh, early on that's about it though but that's not what Najee Harris does no he doesn't it's a good point so I mean if this is just a straight up hat on hat Ohio State front seven to Alabama's O-line rushing attack I'm giving the nod to Ohio State oh I think so you got to okay. give the nod to Ohio State if you're going running the ball Ohio State on defense Bama on offense but I'm not counting on Najee Harris I'm not counting out the so that's gonna be a huge key to the game can they Stop Najee Harris and just make it be, you know, a, a offensive through the air type. Game. Okay. Huge, huge in. If Najee Harris can run the ball, Alabama can name their score on offense. Yes, okay. pretty much. Okay. Then, with that being said, is there a way to essentially do, you know, what the old basketball term would be like a box and one just on Devonta Smith? Like, you make sure you have a safety over top in a corner, something like that, somebody hitting them off the line. I mean, you're going to have to. See at it. all times and just saying, e- even if we we know we have to take two players, two and a half players over to Devonta Smith and leaving the rest on you know, the front seven to stop the rushing attack, just make Mac Jones beat you with another receiver. I'm not saying they don't have other well, receivers because they do. Because you know who I want to talk about is this tight end. Jaleel Billingsley, number yep. 19. That guy, first of all, he's listed as a tight end. He doesn't play like a tight end no, at all. He's that like guy, a flex. He, he's a flex. I mean, he's a big guy, 6'4", 230. Uh, but he's he's built more like a wide receiver than a tight end, and he looks running down the field like a wide receiver. He's springy. 
He's incredibly athletic. By the way, do you know where he's from? No. Chicago. Is he He's really? from Chicago. He went to Phillips High School, public league in Chicago. Makes sense. He His, his team was the first public league team to ever win a state championship. Me thinks he had something to do with that state championship. He probably did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm not, tra- I'm not trying to say there isn't other targets for Alabama. I mean, obviously there's a reason. Mac Jones didn't throw every single one of his yards and touchdowns, you know, solely to, to Devonta Smith. So obviously that's the deal. But I don't know. Something to force Alabama into the red zone. That has got to be the goal for the Ohio State defense. I tell you what, it's going to be tough to take away the running game and Smith at the same time. Yeah, I would think think drawing it up in my head and actually doing it on the field are probably too But let's say you can slow down Harris and just stop Smith from getting 60-yard touchdowns. Okay. I, I think that's a pretty good recipe right there. Along with, I still want to see somebody make Mac Jones feel uncomfortable. Well, yeah, and I... I don't think he's felt uncomfortable all year. He, I don't think so. I mean, I you know, I, I meant to look up how many times he's been sacked, and I forgot to do that, but, but I, know he's, I know he's been clean the, the entire year. So, yeah, if they can get to him, that's going to change the game. I mean, Ohio State even started getting to... Trevor Lawrence, it was more in the second half, but that's where the mistakes happen, where he scrambled around, tried to, you know, move the, the the ball from one hand to the other. That's where a big fumble happened in the game. I'm not saying you have to sack Mac Jones six times and two picks and a fumble, but hurries, getting into sure. his face, redirect the pass. I think there is a very good chance, very good chance, this is the best front seven Alabama has faced all year. The SEC defenses were, by and large, junk they were crap. this year. Yeah. And, I mean, it has to be the best front they've faced. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who else it could be. Maybe Notre Dame. And, to be yeah. honest with you, Notre Dame held them to 31 points. Did you know that... That's the, the lowest pre- point total of the year. Did you know the previous 24 games they had scored over 35? Which is insane. I mean, but that's insane. But what a performance. <laughs> really, when you look at it by Notre Dame, they held, they hung in there. I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, I, I don't want to st- um, <clears throat> steal too much, but there was a different podcast who was screaming about, you know, at, right when uh, Notre Dame got down 14 nothing, everybody's saying, see, I told you Notre Dame wasn't supposed to be there. In the end... A 31 to 14 Almost game. looks like a victory. It's about as close as you can yeah. expect anybody to get to Alabama this year until hopefully this game. Okay. Switching it over to the other side. This might even be more interesting to me. Um, okay. N- not to start on a negative, but this is where the concerns are for me. Because number one, that hit that Justin Fields took sure. to his rib cage was a deal. Yes, um, he's still hurting right now. I don't see how he couldn't. Like, I would love to know the pain mitigation regimen that he is on right now. because And how much is he practicing? That's what I'm saying. Like, how much are they doing that with him now just so he can practice before what is the biggest game of his life up to this point? It's up to Justin Fields and his family. I just want to say that again. So whatever, you know, him and the, the Ohio State medical team come up with, I'm all on board, but I know he said he didn't feel as sore the next day. I kind of wonder if that's because there was still a little bit of Novocaine, you know, running through the rib cage in that area there. So I don't know. Or he could have just been telling little fib. Could have been. I mean, I don't know how he couldn't have been hurting the next day badly. How concerned on Justin Fields' health are you? Okay, like 
one to f- level one to five, like yeah. like five, five being most concerned. One, I'm not concerned. At right all. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I'm I at think a three. I'm even like a th- yeah. I was gonna say I'm a I'm little at bit a three. higher than a three. You know another thing I'm concerned on too. Try to dig into it a little bit. Haven't seen. There was Ohio State offensive lineman going down in that game. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Wyatt Davis was out for a little while. We, you know, I, this was something that like I really like pounded my fist on the the desk a little bit and I kind of want to do it again because if the Ohio State offensive line is healthy or just darn near healthy I think they can blast through this this Bama defense but I really want to see that Ohio State offensive line healthy yeah um and in fact I've been hearing a lot about the Bama offensive line on talk radio this week and I'm like you know I I'll be honest I haven't watched a ton of Bama but can it's they good. really be that much better than because they won? It's good. It's good. They're they're pass pro, especially pass pro is great. But but uh, don't you feel like Ohio State has both, and and Bama's just yes. more of a pass yes line than a than a run line. I, I I don't disagree with you more that I agree with you in that th- this is what's crazy is if you looked at things through the lens of an Ohio State football fan. Okay, by the way, what a blessed existence that would be with that with that being said you tell me if i'm crazy i think one of the most disrespected units in all of the big 10 and really all of the country is the aforementioned ohio state offensive line no it is it doesn't get much play it does not even among the big 10 no even amongst the big 10 i know They, they are stacked with studs and they have an amazing offensive line coach Every single year, and you watch. I, I understand Justin Fields, and before that, this quarterback and well, Brad Miller and the weapons, and I understand all that. But you don't get that much production out of all those superstars if somebody's not effect- efficiently blocking for them. But I think that's why you don't hear about it. It's because you hear about Justin Fields, you hear about Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson, and, and Trey Sermon. So speaking of all the guys you just named, as long as the offensive line is good to go, as long as Justin Fields is. 90%, maybe even 85%, I see uh, a lot of success for those guys you just named. Yeah, and to me, another key here is Trey Sermon running the ball. Can Trey Sermon run the ball and and kind of open up the passing game, or will they become one-dimensional? And I think it's that's the key on both for both teams here. And another thing, the quaff, Ryan Day, is he patient enough to keep running the ball even if it's not working initially, is he? How deep in the game will he still continue to pound the rock? Because I think he has to do that. That is a really good point. It, I'll say this: it's a lot easier to be patient if the score is fourteen to ten than it is if it's seventeen to three. Yeah, I know. But um, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, this isn't the, trying. You're not going to beat a, the team in the first quarter this week. So, can you lose, so don't, can you lose the game in the fourth quarter? In the, I'm or talking in the about first, the first, first quarter. quarter. Excuse me. I mean, <laughs> you can obviously lose the game in the fourth quarter. I don't think in this game you can. No, I really yeah. don't. I think these teams are too well matched for to for either team to win this right out of the gate. I agree. Um, I think you bring up a very interesting point in that going into the Big Ten championship, Pat Fitzgerald and everybody on the planet knew that Ohio State wanted to throw the ball. Okay, it took until the second half till Ryan Day said, "Hey, let's just blast them with Trey Sermon." Yeah. Okay. Going into the Clemson game. All right. I still think I could see the almighty Brent Venables still thinking this is what they want to do. They want to throw the ball down the field. So they themselves were left a little susceptible to running the ball. Will Nick Saban, the former defensive guru, 
will this be the first time that Ohio State sees a, a front seven defense geared up specifically to stop the run? See, but I don't think that's going to work. Uh, probably not. Because if you're if you're selling out to the run, then it's just going to let Justin Fields and all those receivers pass all over you. You sure would think so. <laughs> I don't know how you stop either one of these offenses. If and, and, and by the way, do you think we just talked ourselves into why the over-under is 75.5? Well, I know how I feel about that one. Okay. Here, here's what I still... I th- Before we get the prediction, I got a couple okay. more things, but... No, I, just, okay. I wasn't going to predict okay, it. I'm okay. just... I still have not decided what I who I think is going to win this <laughs> it's game. It's so hard. So I was really working on this today. I couldn't come up with something. I, I said, well, something's going to hit me at some point. And, but I then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to... Start Go recording, it. yep. and it's gonna open. It's like opening a bottle of wine, right? Yep, and let it decant. Let it I'm, yep. I figured I'd start decanting. Mm. I don't know. No, it's not happening yet. It's just get. I mean, first gut feeling, paralysis by analysis, somewhere in between. This is a hard game to to incredibly figure. hard. Um, here's one more thing I just want to factor in, an X factor, if you will. I feel like number five, Garrett Wilson, returning punts. I think he is this close to busting okay. one open. So I'm going to make a call. All right. If if not a full-fledged punt return touchdown, he's going to have a huge return in the game that will be a very key factor in this game. He is that close to me. Interesting. Yeah. Let's go back to something I didn't mention about Jaleel Billingsley, the tight end. They've been having him return kickoffs. <laughs> have you ever heard of a tight end returning a kickoff dude and i'm talking about like the deep back he's back there with it, i mean have incredible. you looked at have you looked at the talent that has been amassed yeah. on this alabama roster the last four years what was it the 2017 game where I mean, I, they're gonna have like they're gonna have like four first round wide receivers like two running backs drafted like six offensive linemen oh. two quarter i mean it's insane it it's really insane. is i mean it's insane and and how crazy is it that Nick Saban basically made his mind up about four years ago. He's like, well, this isn't working. We just have to score more points to win championships. And that's what they've done. They switched almost overnight. It is impressive. Especially when you're mixing up, obviously, different players. It's college, but different coordinators. They, he does it all the time. So you listen to him talk about that. And I feel like sometimes, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too deep. Like he's trying to play Jedi mind tricks on everybody. He's like, oh, you know, defense doesn't win championships anymore. It's all offense. And so then everyone just starts shifting towards offense. So it makes it easy for him to score. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Because everyone listens to Nick Saban. I know. It's like, these aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> these aren't the droids we're looking for. In the meantime, um, I think uh, I think Ryan Day's shown his own ability to have some Jedi mind tricks. Going yeah, he on. has. So the play design that he had on a couple plays against that Brent Venables defense. Dude, he worked him. I, I I was already impressed with Ryan Day from my first watch live of the game. The second watch live or second watch on the replay of the game, dude, Ryan Day was in fuego. Okay. Here was something I was thinking about. If it gets delayed by a week, you have an extra week to prepare. Who does that give the advantage to? I think it gives it to Ohio State. I agree. Because I think you know, I think generally offensively it gives you more time to plan. It gives you more time to scheme, come up with, you know, little nuances. And I trust Ryan Day more than I trust the Bama offensive coaches. I trust Ryan Day wholeheartedly. And by the way, the the Bama offensive coordinator right now 
you know, Steve Sarkeesian's been hired away to Texas. Maybe he's a little distracted. Who knows? Um, I will say this. There is a big difference between drawing up plays and calling plays before a week seven game versus, you know, Michigan State than it is in the college football playoffs. Uh, You are going up against a staff at that point that's been there, done that with Clemson. He showed he belonged as a play For caller sure. and head coach. Like, as far as the coach rankings that we'll do in the offseason, <laughs> he took a pretty big step up from where I view him, and I already viewed him pretty high. I guess what I'm saying is, even if Ohio State doesn't pull this out, they've already proven, Ryan Day has already proven their worth on that they should have been in this game and just their overall still stance in the college football world. They are right there with Alabama and Clemson. No doubt. Now, speaking of staffs, I did actually see something that listed out the entire football staff for Alabama. Oh, my Lord. Pages, pages of people. Just analysis on analysis and analysis. So in that way, I don't know, maybe it would give the advantage to Bama. But I haven't, at the same time, I haven't seen the Ohio State full coaching or, uh, you know, Some staff, like I guess. Paralysis by analysis. There. Okay. All right. I'm feeling, it's time. I've, I think I know where I'm going with Okay. This. You're going to go first? Good. You want me to go first? Okay. Yeah. So I know who I want to win. My heart tells me to pick Ohio State. Okay. So that's why I'm picking Alabama to win the game because the college football gods never give me what I want. So my heart says Ohio State, and I, feel, I just feel like I'm getting the feeling for Ohio State, which is why I'm not going to choose them. I'm choosing Bama to win this game, and I am going with the over. I, I, it's ridiculous to think that, but I'm going with the over, and I'm going with a comfortable over. I'm going Bama 42, Ohio State 41. Oh, oh, oh an all-time classic. Yes. 42 to 41. I'm not scoffing at the total. I'm not scoffing no. at the total at all because, like, I sit there, and I'm like, okay, you know, 75 points. So what do we have to do to get to halfway there at halftime? 20 to 20 right 21 to 17 and can't you see this <laughs> I, I could see us getting there by the end of the first quarter I know can't the you? end of the first quarter in Ohio State Clemson was 14 14 I mean of course I could see this going over yeah with that being said and by the way that's an OSU cover obviously that's an, an OSU cover yeah with that being said I still have this maybe it's just the old schoolness that just has yet to be, you know, forced out of me. I still feel like it's a college football playoff championship, a little bit of tightness, a little bit of, you know, more oomph that you get out of a front seven that you typically get in other games. So like the old school Super Bowls that you just, you know, everyone came out, everything was tight, nothing looked good right away. Is that what you're talking about? It just leads to a little bit slower beginning of the game, you know, we don't rush into it. But then I do think there's going to be a boatload of points that are going to come right after that. And I'm going to piggyback right on you with the – there's not going to be any any question in my mind who I'm cheering for. I'm going to be cheering for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm going to be cheering to be in, wrong. In this game. Personally. I hope I'm wrong. I just think – like, honestly, if I knew right now and if I know before the game – that Ohio State's offensive line, Justin Fields, and everybody's completely healthy, Rona free, it's a full uh, schedule or mm-hmm. a full roster, I would change to Ohio State. 
But that alone has got me a little bit nervous. So just the Ronaness and the, Justin the, Fields ribs. The just the Rona Rona ribs and offensive linemen. Okay. That, that is that is what is scaring me right now. Rona so ribs got, and slabs. <laughs> so I've got Alabama thirty eight. Okay. Ohio State thirty four. So that's a slight under. I think I very much like Ohio State in the seven and a half points. I do. I'm actually kind of hoping the money of the public public gets it. I want to get eight, eight and a half because you could still see overtime with this. And that's when you want yeah. you know, that, that seven, that eight Ooh. point, you know, uh, uh, pillow or uh, uh, padding there. So, but, but still, even at seven and a half, even down to seven, I still very much like Ohio state. Yeah. I would say that's my play. I, I, I did pick the over, but I like Ohio state plus a seven and a half. I think that's a great value bet. But like right when I first saw the line, I'm like, I am betting that thing under, and and then I just the more I thought about it, I'm like, I don't I don't feel comfortable with the over or the under in no. this. No. And the funny thing is, you know, we've talked about before is, you know, find the lowest number or lowest over under on the total, bet the under, find the highest and bet the bet the over. This is the only game on the board, obviously. But my guess is, if there was a bunch of other college football games going on, this would still this be, the be the highest highest on the page. Um. I still would love to see. I would love to see a thirty to twenty-seven game. Oh, I would too. Wouldn't that be amazing yes. if a thirty to twenty-seven game broke out? Yeah. I just don't think it's gonna happen. No. Yeah. The either. only way it could happen is if both defenses somehow stop the deep ball getting hit, because that's where the points come from yep. with Ohio State. If you can get it into a red zone type of game, that that's where it stays. Yeah. I just don't think it's gonna happen. It's gonna be fun though. I think. No doubt, going to be an excellent game. Can't wait to watch it. Yep. I'm Jeffrey DeGree. I'm Big Kirk. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.